What's happening, everybody? Welcome to Life Just Global. We are so grateful to God that you've joined us for the service. If this is your first time watching this service today, we just want to bless you. We just want to declare God's love upon you. Uh, and if, the, if you, you are a faithful, committed member of this house, we just love you. We're so grateful to God for you. And we just release the blessing of the house over you uh, this week. You know, um, we've been on a series called The Instrument of Synthesis. And this series has been going on for about eight weeks now. And if this is your first time watching this service, this message, I want to encourage you to click the link uh, uh, that will pop up right now uh, so that you can watch all the other messages so that you can have a context of what I'm about to share today. So today the title of my message is uh, The Mystical Mosaic. Mystical Mosaic. You know, Life Church Global is a mystical congregation. We're a mystical church. And the reason why we are a mystical congregation uh, is because God is a mystery. God is mystical in himself. He, he hides himself in mysteries. He, he doesn't reveal himself to everybody, but except to his sons. And it is, as sons of God, our, our primary responsibility is to get to know our Father. And our Father uh, reveals mysteries to those who pursue him. And I want to encourage you, if you are a child of God, if you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, and you are in the kingdom of God, it is your birthright to pursue and engage with the mysteries of God. It's not just for you to receive mysteries only on a, on a from church, uh, from a Friday message, from a Sunday message, from a pastor, but it is your right as a child of God to engage with God, to, in, to pursue Him, to ask Him to reveal Himself to you uh, so that God can, so that you can actually encounter God, engage with Him uh, and actually use that revelation to bring transformation in your life. See, every time God uh, reveals Himself in a mystery, He reveals Himself in the context of relationship. It is always in the context of relationship that God reveals Himself. He, he draws you into a secret place. He calls you, come into the secret place. When you come into the secret place, He reveals secret things about Himself that not everybody needs to know, but you need to know. And there's a divine reason for that. And that divine reason is connected to His divine purpose for your life, which is revealed in His divine will for all of creation. See. God's divine will is, is mystical. Not everybody gets it and not everybody will get it. But as a son of God, it is our, as a child of God, it is our responsibility to really look at God's will as this divine mosaic that you can see. You need to come into a place where you can see as God sees. And today I'm going to talk about really understanding to see the bigger picture, the mosaic of God's mystical will for your life. And so as you begin to see the way God sees, as you begin to have the perspective that, that God has over His will for all of creation, now you will understand your role and your purpose, your calling in the kingdom of God. And that is to really facilitate his will on earth as it is in heaven. The Life Church Global is a mystical community. And when I say mystical community, what I'm saying is we're, we're not monks hidden in a, in a cave somewhere where, we, where we're so far from society that we are no earthly good, but actually we're a mystical community. And a mystic is a person who has fully embraced revelation. They have fully embraced the truth. They've en they engage with the truth of God's word, not just hypothetical imagery or a very romantic relationship with God that is based around feelings and emotions, but actually we engage truth for what it is. We engage truth without emotions. We engage truth without imagery and, and sorcery and all these kind of things, methodologies that we have. We engage truth for what truth is all about. And we engage truth because truth sets us free 
from the flesh. Truth sets us free from the past. Truth sets us free from the systems and processes that, that we were caught in. Truth sets us free, ladies and gentlemen. And truth is mystical in its nature. It is very mystical. It's a mystery. And it's not smoke and, smoke and mirrors, ladies and gentlemen, but God is divine light. And as you begin to look into the light, as you begin to see into the mirror, you will begin to see yourself being transformed into the very mysteries God is revealing to you. And God, as God begins to reveal Himself, the purpose of that revelation is so that you can be transformed into His image and likeness. The mirror that you behold, as you look into the mirror, you will be transformed into the very thing you look at. So if you're looking at yourself according to your past, you will remain, you will be transformed into your past. But if you're looking into to the divine revelation if you're seeing yourself according to who God how God is revealing himself now you're transformed into the image and likeness of what the revelation that he's releasing on the earth and today God is releasing tremendous revelation about himself to his sons and daughters and I want to encourage you today to pursue God, pursue revelation for yourself, pursue, don't just wait for a church service, don't just wait for uh, somebody to teach you the word of God, but the, the new covenant is where God begins, God says that I will teach them, I will be their God, they will be my people and I will teach them. What an awesome thing it is for us to have God teach us. Wow, a God would take time to reveal himself to you so that you can be transformed into his image and likeness. See, there is a mystery, ladies and gentlemen, and that mystery is that God chose to become like you and me so that you and I can be transformed into his image and likeness. Jesus Christ chose to become a human being so that a human being can be transformed into divinity. Humanity the, there is a flow that comes from heaven to earth so that earth can be transformed to become like heaven. There is a flow that comes from heaven to earth, ladies and gentlemen. And, it, and, and as, it comes to, as it comes from heaven to earth, there is a flow back of heaven and earth being combined into one. And so today I just want to take us deeper into understanding um, this mystical mosaic this mystical will of god and and its purpose in our lives today see how we get transformed is by pursuing the will of god not only for our lives but the will of god and when i say the will of god i'm talking about this divine will that god has that you find yourself in See, you and I are a piece of the, of, the, of the divine will. We're not, the divine will of God doesn't revolve around us. Our lives and our existence today finds itself within the greater, the mosaic, the bigger picture that God has. And we have to understand that you and I cannot be separated from the divine will of God, the sovereign will of God. See, God has a will for our lives and that will finds itself in the divine will or the sovereign will for all of creation. You cannot separate yourself from the bigger picture. You cannot separate yourself from the mosaic. You cannot separate yourself as everything exists for you. God's will exists for you. You can't look at yourself as the beneficiary of all of existence. In fact, you exist to bring balance. You exist in order for heaven and earth to become one. Your role, ladies and gentlemen, my role, your role and our role as, as human beings that are being transformed into the image and likeness of, of Christ is so that there is a culmination, a synthesis that takes place between heaven and earth. And it happens in you and me. It happens because you and I choose to pursue the will of God. It happens because you and I choose to engage with revelation, engage with the mystery, engage becoming one with God. See, mystical people 
love God so much that they only want to be one with Him. They love God so much that they only think about being one with Him. They only think about Him. They only dream about Him. They only envision Him. Their thoughts constantly are about Him. But when you and I understand that God has a plan, God has a perfect will, not only for your life, but everything, all of creation, that's when you'll understand that you and I are a piece of this bigger picture. When we talk about the will of God, we're talking about the Greek word thelema. And thelema means, the concept of thelema means that God has a divine will and that divine will is God's desire and purpose for humanity. Not only just humanity, but all of creation. So God has this desire, His desire for all of creation, everything that He has created. I'm talking about animals, birds, uh, um, the mountains, the earth, everything in the earth, the spirits, all of it, God has a divine will or purpose or desire. And when you and I as children of God come into the kingdom of God, we understand that we are primary responsibility is to let go of our will and pursue His will. And then you find yourself realizing that, okay, God doesn't just only have a will for my life, but He also has a will for all of creation and His will for my life fits into His will for all of creation. So I want to want to encourage you to really have this in mind. Have this in mind that, that everything doesn't revolve only around you. But you are actually a piece of this puzzle. This piece of this giant puzzle, this mosaic that God is releasing on the earth, that God wants to do. It's His desire. You exist to fulfill the desire and the purpose of God on the earth. So I want to invite you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. And we'll read from verses 7 to 10. And the, and the scripture says this, In Him, in Christ, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Verse 9, Having made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself. Let me just stop there. God has a will, and that will is a mystery, and that mystery is revealed to us. Ladies and gentlemen, you can wake up every single day, and you can pursue God, and He will reveal the mystery of His will. What is His purpose, His desire, not only for your life, but also the bigger picture. And when He begins to, the reason He reveals it is because you are pursuing His will for your life. And so now, it says this, He having made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself, which means God finds good pleasure in revealing mysteries to you and me. That is amazing. He's not holding it back from you and me. He's holding it back from people who are not in the kingdom because to them it's a mystery. But to you and I, when you and I begin to look at scripture, when you and I begin to look at truth, when you and I begin to meditate upon truth, now truth begins to open up and reveal itself to you and me. There's a reason for that. There's a context, there's a position of relationship, but also the mindset that you and I need to have is a mindset that, that, that says this, that I not, I'm not pursuing God, God's will for myself. I'm pursuing God and His will so that His purpose can be fulfilled through my life. Not only just in my life, but through my life. It's very important that we position ourselves like this because it, it, it takes self and ego out of the picture. Why? It's because God has purposed in Himself 
to reveal this to you which means he takes it upon himself and he experiences good pleasure by revealing mysteries to you see this in itself is a mystery to some and people don't understand this fully but as you begin to look at the scripture you'll understand that god is desirous to reveal mysteries to you and as you begin to engage with those mysteries as you begin to meditate as you begin to contemplate as you begin to envision and and visualize these mysteries as you begin to look at them now god finds it he takes good pleasure and he it is his purpose to reveal these things to you so all you need to do is sit down and begin to have a desire for his will as you do that now it puts it takes you out it takes self will out of the picture and it positions you as a piece in the bigger picture and your your will now begins to your heart's desire begins to mature into a place where you're not living for your own will but you're living to fulfill his will for your life and now verse 10 says that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ both that are in heaven and which are on the earth in him let me read verse 9 and 10 together having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are on the earth in him this is extremely powerful church and he's saying that god reveals the mysteries to you and i and he takes good pleasure in revealing these mysteries that in the dispensation of the fullness of times which means in times past god has been revealing mysteries on the earth to people so that when people begin to receive these mysteries God has been making covenants with man God has been actively involved since the beginning of time so that according as as these things have been as people have been receiving the mysteries as people have been receiving the will of God now it has been culminating 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 has been compounding over thousands of years into Christ see from the beginning of time the bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god so which means when god spoke as god began to reveal things there were impressions of christ there were prophecies of christ coming into the world the savior coming into the world the messiah coming into the world that that he was going to come and rescue the world that was being prophesied from the beginning of time through different generations and there was there were different dispensations of god of different aspects of god different covenants of god through the ages and each dispensation has been culminating and maturing into christ to a point where now it was so much it was so full of christ that the bible says that in the fullness of time christ came into the world so which means the word that was being released from the beginning of time was culminating and it manifested into Christ being born in the flesh so you must understand that when you and I begin to listen to the word of god when we receive these mysteries that our life is not just about church our life is not just about you know this i'm a christian today and no ladies and gentlemen it's not meaningless there is a meaning to it there's every time god reveals something he releases a dispensation in in a certain time a certain season as you begin to embrace that as you begin to look at it as the perfect will of god for all of creation now you begin to um you you begin to receive christ into your life 
You begin to receive a measure of Christ. You begin to receive a measure of faith. And now as you begin to grow, as you begin to mature, as people come together in Life Church Global and receive and apply and practice the same word, now it begin, you begin to manifest Christ upon the earth. And that's what he's, Paul is saying. That from the beginning of time, that did through all the dispensations in the fullness of times that God was culminating Christ. It didn't happen suddenly, but it was, it happened since the beginning of time through people. Wow, every, every single person that received the mystery, every single person that received a word, a prophetic word, every single person that, 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 that an angel came and spoke to or the Lord himself spoke to, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all these people that received the word, Every time you received the word and applied it and obeyed God, now Christ began to form through that person. And as Christ began to form through that person, then the next generation carried more of Christ. And the next generation after carried more of Christ. And the generations, each generation carried a greater measure of Christ till one point, Christ, it was so full, the earth was so full of Christ that He manifested in physical form. And this is a mystery that people could not understand. It was hidden for ages and ages until Christ came into the flesh. And now today you and I can look at the scriptures and we can say, wow, man, God spoke in, in the beginning to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David and Solomon. God spoke to all these people. And each person, ladies and gentlemen, was a was a. a um, a type of Christ that lived on the earth. We look at Abraham, we look at all these people and we're like, wow, man, we are, we're so mesmerized by their life and their faith and we learn such awesome lessons, but you're not understanding. What you're looking at is Christ. What you're looking at in, Abraham, in Abraham's life is Christ. Christ was the one who obeyed. Christ is the one who, who, who left everyone. He left his family and he, and he followed the voice of God to a land. You must understand that. We think that David was the one who killed the lion and the bear. Ladies and gentlemen, it was not just David. It was Christ. When he received the word of God, Christ killed the lion and the bear. It was a, it was a maturing, a culmination, a compounding of Christ from the beginning of time up until now. And see, church, we must understand that you and I are called the body of Christ. And our responsibility today is not just to listen to a message so that we can actually have a better life. There's a greater purpose for us to receive the word of God. And that greater purpose is a manifestation of the second coming of Christ. See, I don't believe that Christ is going to come from the sky and, and, and He's just going to appear. I believe that Christ's body will begin to manifest itself through the church. And when it begins to manifest through the church, it is the spirit and the bride that say, come Lord Jesus, come. And the head of the church will attach itself to the body and the whole world will see the glory of Christ manifesting through the body of Christ. It is a culmination of things. It's a compounding. God hasn't stopped compounding. He's constantly revealing mysteries. He's constantly revealing His Word. And every time He reveals His Word and you receive His Word, you receive His will, you're thinking it's about you, but it's not about you. It's about something greater than you. It's about Christ. And He's saying here, Paul is saying this in, He's saying, He might gather together in one all things in Christ. Wow! both which are in heaven and which are on the earth in Him. So what is He trying to say here? When Jesus was praying, Father, let your, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is saying, Father, there is no separation between earth and heaven. What Jesus is trying to proposed to you and me today for us to understand is that earth and heaven is actually one. They're different manifestations of the will of God. But there's a flow from heaven to earth into all of creation. Let me, let me say this, that heaven, earth and all of creation 
should be considered as one. We should not consider it. It would be dangerous to assume that the earth, that you as a human being, you as a child of God, is separated from heaven. Like heaven is above and we are here and I can't wait to go above there. That is a better place than this place. And this place is better than, than all of creation. And, and there's, 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 there's these three separate realms altogether. But if you and I understand what Paul is trying to say to us and what God is saying to us is that heaven, earth, and all of creation is actually one gigantic mosaic. It's one gigantic flow. It's one, it's all the same thing, but manifests in different frequencies according to the purpose of God. See, if God wanted the earth to be as, as glorious as heaven, then he would have done it. He didn't need man for it. He didn't need us to pray, Father, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. So which means you and I, what is happening in the world today? What is the life that we live today? The body that we have, the food that we eat, the clothes that we wear, the, the businesses that we own, the, the children that we have is all part of God's divine will, a manifestation of His will. But it's all a flow, ladies and gentlemen. See, the, the ethereal realm has a different frequency compared to the earthly realm. But the ethereal realm, in order for it to manifest on the earth, has to collapse its wave function in order to manifest itself on the earth. But in order for all of creation to be transformed, the earth also has to collapse its wave function in order for it to reveal itself to all of creation so that all of creation now begins to get gathered into becoming one with this divine flow. There's a divine flow that happens between heaven, earth and all of creation. And all of it is found in Christ. Heaven, earth, all of creation. There's a synthesis that happens in Christ. And it is in Christ that the divine will of God is revealed. And when you and I begin to embrace the divine will of God, then you'll understand that you are one piece of a great mosaic. Your obedience to God enables heaven and earth and all of creation to become one in Christ. This is very, very mystical. This is new. This is, this is a revelation that, that we have not yet embraced fully. And, and the reason why I'm teaching it is because it is time. This is the fullness of this time when God is revealing this revelation. He's revealing this mystery to you and I. And you must understand that until you see this divine flow, all of it, Angels, demons, spirits, principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, all of it serve God's purpose. All of creation, the animals, the birds, the bees, all the cell, the cell structures, the DNA, human beings, everything, government, schooling, everything is a part of God's great mosaic. Then you will understand that your obedience to the will of God, your pursuit, pursuit of the will of God is vital for this divine flow to completely to take place completely verse 11 says this in him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him wow we were predestined according to his purpose which means his purpose his desire his will carries a predestination. So which means you and I have a predestination. What is our destination? Everybody wants to, what is my destiny? What am I destined to become? Your destiny is to be in Christ. You're not, your destiny is not to become a, a lawyer or to reach heaven. Your destiny is to be in Christ. That's where your destination, final destination is to be in Christ. Very powerful. 
And so that is his purpose. He obtained, you and I have obtained an inheritance. Our inheritance is actually our position in Christ. And being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Wow, which means God's will gives him counsel. So God has a will, his divine will, his purpose and his desire gives him counsel according to your predestination, according to the destination. Your purpose in life, you have a purpose in life according to the counsel that the will of God gives to God. This is amazing. This is very mystical. And so as you begin to pursue his will for your life now, you enter into a place where where all things become one in Christ. That's what Paul is saying. And where all things become one in Christ, that's exactly where you meet. So which means all things, heaven and earth, and all of creation actually become one in you. This is very, very powerful. You must understand what what Paul is trying to say. He's saying, listen, your, your, your purpose in life, don't think about you. Just leave that aside. Leave self-will and self-ego, ego will aside. And now just as you embrace the purpose of God, now heaven and earth become one in you. Why? Because Christ dwells in you. And you dwell in Christ. That's the destination. Final destination. That's where you are. And as you begin to step into that place, now he begins to reconcile. The Bible says he reconciled all things to himself in Christ, which means in Christ, all things are reconciled to you and me, which means when you are in Christ, you cannot look at the world as something that is separate from you. You cannot look at all of creation and the flaws of of people and the mistakes of people and and the spirits and demons and all of this as separate from you. No, it's all a part of you. It's when you and I begin to look at the flaws in people, uh, and, and, you, and you begin to criticize those flaws, you're criticizing yourself. Because God has already made everything one in Christ. Wow! Which means if I have developed a skill and, a, and, a, and the faith to begin to heal the sick, but you haven't, then I'm incomplete. If you're sick in your body, then I feel it. If you don't have money to pay your bills, then we all are experiencing it. You know, when, when we used to watch movies, there's this concept about twins, you know, identical twins, where when one twin gets hurt, the other one feels the pain. There is a concept like that. It's the same thing even in the kingdom of God. We're not separate from the people in our church. We're all part of the same body. In fact, I would say in the global church, the global pastors, the pastors that you criticize, the people that that buy jet planes and, and have money and all that kind of stuff, the things that you criticize, guess what? You're criticizing the same body that you are a part of. When you talk about the person sitting next to you in church, about what clothes they wear, about the perfume, and you criticize and you have envy and jealousy and you're angry and you have um, issues with people in, in, in the world, not only just in church, in the world, guess what? That is also your problem. You cannot look at yourself as someone who is so separated and holy compared to the flaws of other people around you. No. Christ, God has already reconciled all things. All things means everything in heaven, earth, all of creation, all spirits, everything has been reconciled in Christ. So which means if you are in your destination in Christ, which means you've got to see all things according to the reconciliation that God has done in Christ. That is how, ladies and gentlemen, you can redeem people from the curse of the law. You can redeem all of creation from the bondage that it is, that is, it is under. That's why they pursue the sons of God in order for the sons of God to give them the freedom that the sons of God are experiencing. Why? It's because we are all connected. My dogs and I are connected. 
My wife and I are connected. My dogs and I are connected. Our families are connected. My church people are connected. We we are all one body. We are all part of this great divine mosaic called Christ. And when you and I begin to embrace the will of God, guess what we're doing? We're we're completing Christ. We're completing. We're we're beckoning Christ. the manifestation of Christ on the earth we're calling those things that are not to be as though they are that's what the bible says we've got to live a completely different life this is why the world doesn't understand us we don't look at the the issues between democrats and republicans and and the polarization that the media does as as something that 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 is a problem we look at we celebrate differences and we say man wow you are you're a democrat wow man awesome i love you you're a republican i love you you're from bjp i love you you are congress i love you you are black you're white you're green you're blue you're yellow you're rich you you you're, you're growing into richness whatever it is wherever your standard in life is ladies and gentlemen we are all one we're all one we're in this together and my obedience your obedience to the will of god for your life really benefits everybody around us so your obedience not only just benefits you but it benefits everyone around you it's so we've got to come out of this place of of seeing that god's will god has a separate will only for me and my life is separated from everybody else so i'm going to go to god pray for god please provide for my needs god please provide for my bills god pray no when god pays for your bills he also pays for everybody else's bills oh the bible says that when god reigns it reigns on the just and the unjust come on man it it reigns on the just we are praying god send rain and he reigns on you and the unbeliever but the but the fact that we've created this concept called unbeliever is already a segregation we've got to look at people in the world not as lost but actually people that have already been found in Christ and that just they they will come to the enlightenment that God has already set them free from the curse of the law God has already done it that is grace every single human being every single um atom that is that exists on the every single frequency that exists in the world today that is in its that is manifesting an unrenewed state at the moment Jesus has already paid a price for it but if you and I look at it as something that is separate from us guess what the body is still not manifesting Christ Christ the fullness of Christ is not being revealed to the world today. And so Paul is saying in him we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his divine will. You know I'm reminded of this these three parables that Jesus shares in the book of Luke chapter 15 the context is this the scribes and the pharisees now the religious folk you know the one that creates segregation the one that says that the people that say i i believe i'm holier than that person those people right scribes and pharisees they come to jesus and and, and the bible says that they they drew near to jesus and they started complaining have you noticed the religious people around you complain the most why because they feel they separate they they're more holier there's something different god only chose me no god chose christ and he chose every single person to be in christ reconcile the world right so so jesus now they start complaining this man he sits with sinners and eats with them that's the issue because they don't sit with sinners they they separate themselves from sinners and so now you must understand The purpose for Jesus to come into the world is to save the lost. To save those who are far from God, the ones who are sinners, right? Before this is before Jesus died. And so now Jesus listens to their conversation and he begins to he gives them three parables. He shares three parables with them. The first parable is about a a shepherd who has 100 sheep. 
and out of those hundred sheep, one of his sheep gets lost, strays away from the flock and goes away. And he's counting all his sheep and now he, he's like, where's my one sheep? Where's that one sheep? And so he leaves the 99, the righteous ones, he leaves them and in the wilderness, that's what he says, leaves them in the wilderness and he goes looking for that one sheep. Wow. Very interesting concept. He leaves the ones who are safe and he goes and pursues the one who is gone on his own, trying to find food or whatever, just doing his own thing, completely lost track of the shepherd. He pursues the one who is lost. And so eventually he finds him and he puts him on his shoulder and he comes back home and he celebrates, he calls all his friends. He is like, man, my one sheep that was lost is now found. And so they throw a party and they celebrate. And so he closes the story there and he goes into the next story. He goes to the next parable. He says that there was a woman who had 10 coins and now she, she, she loses one of those coins and now she, she leaves the nine coins and she searches the house frantically. She sweeps the house. She does everything that she can do. And eventually she finds the one coin. And now she begins to celebrate when she takes the one coin with the nine coins. And now she begins to celebrate that the coin that was lost is now found. Then he goes on to talk about the, the parable, the, the story about the prodigal son. He goes on to say there were two sons and the father had two sons and these two sons, one of the sons decided now, the younger one decided, father, give me my inheritance. And he takes the inheritance and he goes out and he squanders it. And then now there's a famine in the land and he has no money. And then eventually he, he uh, says, you know, uh, he, he's eating the food of the pigs and it's really a bad choice. And he repents. He turns back, he repents and he says, you know what, my servants in my father's house have better things than what I have right now. I will go back to my father and I will tell him, make me like a servant, like a servant in your house and I will serve you. And so he comes back and from, from afar, the father is waiting for him and the father runs to him and he kisses him and he says, the, he says to his father, father, you know, I've sinned, listen to this, I've sinned against heaven and before you. You see? He actually sinned against the father. But he says, Father, in what I have done, I have sinned against heaven and before you. When you obey God and his purpose, you're not sinning against heaven. Why? Because heaven and earth are one. We see the choices that we make really communicate to heaven that heaven and earth are one. We have to have this perspective, ladies and gentlemen, that we're not separate from heaven. We don't live in a realm where we, nobody watches us. That we can do whatever we want at whatever time. And if people are not watching us, okay, that, that, that's good. No, there's a flow between heaven and earth. And when that flow between heaven and earth stops, it stops because you and I have decided to pursue our own will. And when we do that now, heaven realizes that there's an issue here. What's happened? Someone has stopped pursuing God's will and pursuing their will. And so now he says, I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned before you. If you would forgive me, I'm paraphrasing now, you can make me like one of your servants. And the father doesn't even respond to him. He tells the servant, bring a ring and a robe and bring sandals and put it on his feet. And we're going to throw a party and we're going to kill the fatted lamb and we're going to have some fun now. And they enter into a place of celebration. Now, The older brother comes home. This is the, the religious one. The one that doesn't make any mistakes. The one that doesn't have any sin issues. The one that, that is really good, perfect obedience in the church. Tither, giver, worshipper, attendances, com commitment. Everything is perfect. That's the older brother. Verse 28 says this. But he was angry and would not go in, which means he was coming and he saw the party and he was angry and he would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. You must understand, Christians, when you and I segregate ourselves from the people who sin, 
we are actually creating a bigger hindrance than actually fulfilling the will of God. When you and I think that we are holier than other people, people who are not in church, people who are in the club, people who are prostitutes, people who are business people, people who are squandering their wealth, whatever you might call it, even Christians are backsliding. If you think you are separate from them, you are not fulfilling the purpose of God. You're not fulfilling His will on the earth. And so the father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. (laughs) I have never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that that I might make merry with my friends. You see, what is the focus there? The focus is not the father's will. The focus of that Christian, that religious person is self. Even though he's in obedience to God's word, the focus is self. Even though he's pursuing the father, I'm in obedience, I'm in the church, I am doing everything in the church. But you've never answered my prayer, God. But yet when somebody else who just got saved, somebody else who's a sinner, Somehow, everybody in the church seemed to be giving that one person attention and they celebrate that person and they celebrate only his testimony. What about my testimonies? How come they don't share my testimonies? How come I don't get the best seat in the house? I'm doing everything. I'm faithful to the house. I'm tithing. I'm giving my attention. I am, I'm giving my energy. I'm serving the house. I'm giving my all. I'm staying late. I'm doing everything that I can do for the house. What about me? But see, you must understand there's, a, there's an issue there. And the issue is that the ego will is still seeking self. You are seeking God's will for yourself. You're not, you're separating yourself from the sovereign will of God for all of creation. But if you and I understand what the father is saying, verse 30 says, but as soon as you, as this, your son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. He doesn't deserve it. I deserve it. Verse 31, he says, And he said to him, son, you are always with me. Wow. And all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive and was lost and is found. What is he trying to present here to the older brother? What is he trying to present to you and me today? The ones who are in obedience to the will of God but actually secretly hoping and desiring that we would benefit it. That we would be the beneficiaries of that obedience. Rather than my obedience benefits all of creation. I might not see it now. I might not see it momentarily, but eventually when I see the bigger picture, I will see that my obedience caused somebody else's breakthrough to happen in their life. And when it happened in their life, that was my reward. And so he's saying this, your brother, which who was dead, is alive again and was lost and is found. What does it mean? It means that when God pursues the lost, the dead, the dead and the lost, dead in their trespasses and they're lost in their understanding, their, their, their revelation of the will of God for their life, when God pursues them and brings them home, the entire family is whole and complete again. And it's not that the lost person is being celebrated, it's the family being whole, that is what is being celebrated. That is worth having a party over. See, we think that God is only pursuing the one that is lost and the church is only pursuing lost people. The pastor doesn't have time for the congregation members because he's spending time with only the new people. But you don't understand that when we spend time with these people, you are being whole. We are being whole. When we are pursuing, you know, I don't know, man, in this season now, we've lost touch with the church and, 
you know, I don't know, you know, lots of people are leaving the church and pessimistic way of thinking, just like the older brother, religious to the core because at the end, at the, at the core of who you are, you are self-seeking. You are pursuing obedience with God. You're pursuing the church. You're pursuing the will of God because at the end of the day, you are the beneficiary of your obedience. But if you were to understand God's heart, when one person is celebrated, when they were lost and they're found now, they're back in the family, they're back in the, fo- in the fold again. We all celebrate because without that person, we're incomplete. That's what you need to understand. Without that sister, without that brother, without that creation being restored in Christ, we're still incomplete. And until we restore all things, until we understand that we have the ministry of reconciliation and restoration, that this is what our life is about, that it's not about us seeking our own will, but we're seeking the will of God for all of creation to become whole again. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I will live and experience a very inferior life as Christians. But when you and I celebrate each other's testimonies, when you have a breakthrough in your life, when you experience a family member who was lost coming back into the kingdom of God, into the fold, we are now complete. We, we are complete. It's not we are complete when we only have church gatherings in the physical. But when it's the most difficult season, that we stay committed only because my commitment to the house encourages a brother to stay committed to the house. Now we're fully complete. And that is worth celebrating. Not saying, well, I don't know, you know, people are not going to church. I don't know, man, life group. I don't know about this season. I don't know. The problem is you don't know the will of God in this season. You don't know what to celebrate. You only celebrate self when it benefits you, not when it benefits God's will. See, understanding God's will, ladies and gentlemen, it takes generational, generations are benefited through your obedience. I I wanna submit this to you. If you were to read the book of Hebrews, it talks about Abraham paying a tithe to Melchizedek. A 10% of the, of, of the spoils of, of, of the war. And it says that in Abraham, even Levi tithes to Melchizedek. You see, Abraham's obedience to God benefited his great-grandson. Oh, you must understand this. Very, this is phenomenal. If you only get this, you will, you, your life will change. The mystical nature of our obedience to the will of God without self-seeking, this whole looking at the holistic, this mystical mosaic that God is, is building, is God is revealing. In, when God reveals His word to you and you obey it, Abraham paid a tenth. He tithed to Melchizedek. And Melchizedek was a priest unto God. He was the king of Salem. He was a priest unto God. He, and he's, he's a mystical person. And so in the spirit, when Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, he had tithed to God. And when he had tithed, now Abraham is giving a tithe unto God, but his seed, you must understand, Isaac, Jacob, Levi. Levi was the, was the tribal priest unto God. And, and to the temple, in the temple. It's a, it's a lineage of priesthood. And when Abraham tithed unto God, he was not only tithing to Melchizedek, but he was also tithing to Levi, the priest who was going to come three generations from him. This is absolutely mind-blowing. Levi was in the loins of Abraham while he was tithing to Melchizedek. And it was the Bible says that Levi tithes also to, to Melchizedek. So just imagine every month when you tithe, if you don't have children, your children in the future that are coming, not only just your next generation, but also seven generations from your 10 generations from now have already tithed 
Wow, man, come on. This is powerful. That's what I'm trying to say. There is no separation between generations, ladies and gentlemen. Your obedience to God is their obedience to God. So you must understand the promise that Abraham received. Abraham, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to leave your family. I'm going to call you to a land. I'm going to give you a land that I want for you. Abraham never saw that land. He never got to get into that land. But the Bible says that he saw the land from afar. He saw the land in the spirit, the new Jerusalem, the city of the living God. He saw it and the Bible says that he was content with it. Wow! Which means generations from him, there was somebody in his loins that was going to encounter that land and was going to step into that promise and was going to experience the promise. And in their experiencing of the promise, Abraham received the promise. Wow! It's amazing. See, my obedience to God benefits you. Your obedience to God benefits all of us. We're all connected. We're all part of the same body. I want to take you now to Ephesians chapter 4 and I want to show you something that will really position us. This is the position that we need to be at. Okay? Every day. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord... I love this guy, man. Beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. So you have a calling. You were called out of darkness, brought into the light. You were brought out of death into life. You were brought out of sin into Christ. So which means you are now in Christ. You're seated in Christ and everything has been reconciled to Christ. Which means he's saying walk worthy of that calling. Walk worthy of the position that you're in. Don't walk in an unworthy manner. Unworthy manner means that there, everything has been separated from you. Which means the Hindus, Muslims, the Buddhists, all of them are separated. They're different. No. They're all part of you. All those religions, if you move them aside, those people, all of them are children of God. They are your brothers. They are your sisters. They are part of you. Their blessing is tied with you. And your blessing is tied with them. See, if you notice that when you go to work, you could have a, secure, a, a person who is not yet a child of God, not yet a believer being your boss and the owner of a company, but yet he pays you your salary, he's a blessing to you. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to talk about. Their, your blessing is tied with them. The success of their business provides you a life livelihood. You can feed your family because somebody who's, who we call secular, who is not saved, who needs to get saved, is the one that's being a blessing to you. How can you not see them as the beneficiaries of your obedience? We've got to see them as one. We can't say, oh, well, you know, you're local and you're, you're, from, you're from Egypt and you're from Israel and you're different. No, we're, we're all one. Every human being on the planet, all of creation, dogs, cats, bees, all of us are one. I'm very careful now when I walk on the road not to step on a bug because it's, it's part of me. <laughs> we've, got to, we've got to live like that. We've got to not, not, not say, man, look at this weather, you know. Look, look at this sandstorm. See, I tell you, I got healed from allergies and bronchitis and asthma, severe 10 years of medication when one day I was walking my dogs and it was a sandstorm. And I would be like, oh my God, I need to put a mask on. I can't breathe. I can't, I need, I, I, oh my God. And then one day I just walked out and I just had this awakening moment that the sandstorm around me is what God created me with. We were created from dust and to dust we will go. That's what the Bible says. So if that dust is on the outside of me and I'm also having dust on the inside of me, why is that different from what is in me? And so now I stood in the, in the sandstorm and I just embraced it. And I said, from today onwards, this earth that is flying around right now in the wind, that is being carried in the wind, you are a part of me. I am a part of you. I reconcile you into Christ. 
I reconcile, you and I are one in Christ. We are not separate, we're not enemies. You and I are one. And that day, I got healed. Never again did I have a, a bronchitis, asthma, you know, pumps and all that kind of stuff. No, none of that. Completely healed. Because something that I was calling an enemy was actually treating me like an enemy. But when I said, we are reconciled together in the blood of the Lamb, that's when I started benefiting from it. There's so many things that you and I can benefit if we only reconcile them to Christ. And so he says this, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. And now they, listen to this, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace wow there is here we go one body ladies and gentlemen all the churches in the world one body and one spirit which means the holy spirit is not greater in you than the holy spirit in me we're all having the same spirit in fact every single person God has already made the provision of the Holy Spirit to bring them into the kingdom of God, to be filled with the Spirit. Just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. What is he trying to say? He's saying, God, all of creation, heaven, earth, you, me, the birds, the bees, the mountains, the valleys, the fish, all of that stuff, everything, everything is all one. It's all one big family. It's all one big body. And he's saying, God is reconciling all of them into Christ. He's saying, and one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Which means that Muslim brother at your work, God is in him. There's goodness in him. That Hindu, that Buddhist, that Sikh, all are children of God. And all of them carry God and are, are, are coming into the place of being awakened into righteousness. All of them. All of them. There's no separation. There's no segregation. We don't need to tolerate one another. We just need to be united with one another and embrace the different expressions that the body has. The hand is different from the leg. Your head is different from your shoulders. Every single person on the planet has a different function according to the purposes of God for their life. But when you begin to obey God for your life and for uh, and you begin to obey God according to the purpose that He has for your life, now your obedience and my obedience culminates together and compounds together to manifest and reveal Christ. Your commitment to the house, my commitment to the house, your faithfulness to the church, my faithfulness to the church, for us to, to come together, as we come together, our obedience to God causes Christ to manifest. Why are we doing what we're doing today? Why are we pursuing God? Why are we going after revelation? If it is not to manifest Christ, then it is futile. If it is not to reveal Christ, this big mosaic, ladies and gentlemen, this mystical mosaic, this mystery of God's will, is really to reveal and manifest Christ on the earth. And so today, I just want to 
bless you today church i know this word is a different word and i want to submit this to you to to seek god and pursue god read the scriptures for yourself allow the lord to open your eyes and 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 your the eyes of your heart and your understanding so that you can get deeper into this revelation next week we're going to go deeper into this and i want to encourage you to be faithful to your life group be faithful Uh, to your life coach be faithful in your giving to the house because your giving enables us to take the gospel and do what we're doing today so i just want to encourage you don't think that just because we are doing what we're doing that you're doing nothing your giving enables us to do this together every soul that is saved is our reward is our blessing and so i just want to encourage you look at life from a holistic manner look at life as this mystical mosaic that your that god is inviting you into so that you your obedience to god and your obedience and you seeking his will his desire for your life uh, causes all of creation to benefit all of creation to benefit when all of creation benefits you and i benefit so i bless you i love you god loves you kelsey and i love you and we pray for you every day Bless you church have an awesome week. Amen.